Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Spurs on Six podcast. This is episode two. And I am your host, John Diaz. Joining me for this journey through the Spurs Summer League roster and our analysis of what to expect from the Summer Spurs is founder and CEO of Project Spurs, Michael DeLeon. We recorded this on Saturday, June 30th at around 7.30, so I'm sorry if any news is broken between this and, you know, now and when this episode airs because of free agency being just a mere couple hours away. We're not exactly sure if the Spurs are targeting anyone. Kawhi Leonard could be on the brink of being traded. Just keep that in mind as we break down this roster, you know, player by player, and hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. We're going to try to do this a little bit more often and feed your, all your Spurs needs from Austin to San Antonio. So thank you guys for listening, and here is my conversation with Mike DeLeon. You're listening to the Spurs on Six podcast, episode two. <laughs> my name is John Something Diaz. Like that. <laughs> Something like that. No. And if you don't know that voice, then I am joined by Project Spurs founder and CEO, Michael DeLeon. Mike, what's going on? So far, right now, everything's calm. It's like calm before the storm because everything's about to get crazy. Uh, I'm sure that free agency is about to break out pretty soon. Uh, I've got my phone next week, so I'm I'm, I'm ready for all the um, notifications of 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 verbal commitments and all of that, and then for that to break down in the next 24 hours too. So, uh, so far, so good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So if if you guys are wondering when we're recording this, it is Saturday at 7:41 Central. Mike's in San Antonio. I'm in Houston. So we are a little over three hours away until free agency. So granted, if news breaks, we might react live to that. There might be expletives. Probably not. I don't think anything's going to break right now outside of, like, the Paul George party and Russell Westbrook serving cupcakes. So <laughs> so if you guys aren't familiar with what we do, we cover the Austin Spurs with the Spurs on Six website. But we're doing a little bit of a different angle this time around since we have Summer League coming up, and Summer League is full of a lot of Austin Spurs players. So, Mike, let's go ahead and just get right into it. Uh, let me list off the Austin's... I mean, not the Austin's first. <laughs> That's going to be a habit to break. That's going to be like a drinking game during this podcast. Uh, I'm going to list off the Spurs-Utah Summer League roster. So that way people are aware this is only Utah. This is subject to change for Las Vegas. We've got Jerron Blossom game, Amita Brima, Drew Eubanks, Jordan Green, Tommy Hamilton, Olivier Hanlon, Corey Jefferson, Chris Jenkins, Jeff Ledbetter, Trey McKinney-Jones, Chimezi Metu, London Perantes, Raphael Putney, Maverick Rowan, Lonnie Walker, and, of course, Derek White. So 
Mike, let, I, I want to start with the draft picks, obviously. What, mm-hmm. what kind of role do you see Lonnie having at Summer League right now, or what would you like to see him work on? By the way, apparently that's Lonnie Walker IV now. Oh, yeah, ex- excuse me. Yes, Lonnie <laughs> Walker IV. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I feel like he was a pretty early first rounder, you know, in terms of where this person drafted before. So I want to see uh, Will Hardy put him out there with the starting group and, and let him get plenty of minutes and just feel his way out. Just play at that, you know, off guard and see what he can do. Maybe uh, right alongside of Derek White, I think there's a, a lot of, uh, between those two, I think really they could switch off quite a bit. And so I'd like to see right away, you know, just, just to test him against uh, a different level of competition and see how his, you know, everything that we've talked about so far, uh, his uh, defense especially, you know, and then his ability to get to the rim and things like that. And then, you know, also uh, take a look at some of the, the problem areas. Like, you know, sometimes he's got some, We've seen some issues with his decision making, and you know he won't make it easy pass, and he'll sometimes so force it on layups and things like that. And so maybe just try to work some of that stuff out. This is kind of the place for it to happen, and for them to try to address that stuff before they get to training camp. Yeah, yeah, and you know something I had uh, written down for our notes is something that he needs to work on. Uh, he scored seventy. He was in the seventy-three percent, seventy-third percentile scoring in transition on possessions last season. So obviously the athleticism's there. He has all the tools in his bucket for offense. But if he's not getting to the rim at a consistent rate, it's something that we saw like DeJounte Murray struggle with early on. He was too aggressive at times, would turn the ball over, kind of throwing up wild shots here and there. Granted that Lonnie has a better shooting touch, but I feel like we're going to see some of those similar things break out in summer league. So I'd like to see him work on that. Uh, you know, Paul and Ben on the Spurs cast mentioned him as, you know, being a J.R. Smith type. Early early J.R. Smith without the antics, like Pel- or New Orleans Hornets, J.R. Smith, Denver Nuggets, yeah. J.R. Smith. And something that I kind of wanted to look at is he loves watching film of C.J. McCollum. And I see a lot of that in his game, especially with how he uses his athleticism to just yeah, shoot the ball. On that jumper. Yeah, and he has a nice arc on the ball. So I'd, I'd like to see that in spades because I mean obviously he's going to be running out there with Derek White and this team could easily be the, you know the Summer Spurs could look like the 07 Phoenix Suns like seven seconds or less out there so I'd like to see that um, in terms of defense yeah I'm I'm not too hard pressed on what's he going to do defensively I feel like people are projecting Lonnie Walker more as a point guard and shooting guard because San Antonio has so many combo guards and Kill me, you know, kill me in like 10 years if I'm completely off on this. But I could totally see a situation where Lonnie is like the Manu Ginobili six-man role, or he could adapt into a 3 and D type like Danny Green, you know, with a little bit more of a transition, scoring in transition and being able to penetrate. And then you have like DeJounte and and, uh, Lonnie playing that one-two with like Tony and Manu, and then Derek White being like the six-man. I, I, I don't know, but I feel like people just need to project. Uh, he needs to project as a shooting guard first before we see him project as a point guard. What do you think? No, I think so, too. I feel like that's where his skill set is. I feel like he's a lot more skilled as a as a scorer and somebody that can take the ball off the dribble. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I think point guard skills are something he needs to improve. So I, I think he'd stick with who you have right now in, in DeJounte and, and keep going that way. Yeah, definitely. And so... Obviously, with the second pick or the second round pick, they drafted Chimezi Metu out of USC. 
I, I don't know what to expect from him because a lot of people, I feel like the easy comparison is Clint Capella because there's only so many guys that are just playing above the rim, can block anything. You know, DeAndre Jordan in his before, kind of like his athleticism was zapped a little bit as the same way. But I feel like he has this, you know, a huge ceiling and all that, but Dwayne Dedman is a good comparison, but he has the hands of Jeff Ayers. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's one that, I mean, I had done a little bit of reading on him, mostly through Ben and a few other uh, places, but, you know, a lot of times people compare him next to, to Capella, and I think that's more because of, you know, the physical and the measurements. It's like he's kind of an undersized center, it's a, you know, skinny undersized center, that, but has tons of athleticism and can block shots. But, you know, blocking shots at, at one level and then doing it at the next level and actually putting him into a system like the San Antonio system, you got to make sure that guy is ready for that and he won't get lost. And, and he'll, you know, he'll get a taste of that early on with, with Summer League uh, and see how he works with that. But, I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people are excited about. And I say, okay, just just hold on because he was a second-round pick for a reason. Um, I liked the pick just because I felt like, okay, can, do, I don't think he needs to get any more guards here. He's gotten, like, tons of guards. And so I liked them going for, a, a, you know, a big in that area. And... I like the player they got out of it, but, you know, we still to see kind of where his game is going because he was, what, a freshman at USC? And so I think there's still going to be some growth there. And, and luckily, situations like this uh, for Summer League and then maybe Austin down the line will be good for his development, like they have been for other guys like uh, Derek White and, and you know, everybody else, and even everybody else has gone through there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, something I want to touch on, too, is yeah, he was a second-round pick for a reason, but something else that people are forgetting is that there's other players in that already have that corporate knowledge a year into the system, like an Amita Brima, who has the shot blocking, has the same exact skill set. The only thing I will say about Chemezi is watching highlights of him playing Oregon State, and at one point he grabbed a rebound, blew past everyone on the floor, and just took off and then settled for a nice little assist, but... I don't think I've seen anyone young, like run the floor like that since young David Robinson. Like I know that's probably a little bit of a stretch and all that, but that I do love that about his game. There's so many athletic bigs that can't shoot but can protect the rim out there that I, the expectations need to be tempered because of his second-round pick because he's not guaranteed anything and because you've got guys that already know the system, guys that are going to be hungry for that opportunity knowing that there's a deficit on the roster in that area. Yeah, I mean, I think what you said about Brima, I mean, that, that's, that's a perfect point because he spent an entire year in the system already. He's got, like you said, the corporate knowledge. He's probably got the system down now. So that takes out a lot of the early uh, growing pains that, uh, you know, Chimezu will have to go through. Unless he's a fast learner. I mean, you've had some fast learners like uh, uh, Michael Finley and, and uh, Ruby Gay and I think CJ Ford came in and, and were able to contribute yeah. immediately. Yeah. Unless he's that fast of a learner, um, we'll see. You know, there's there might be an opportunity there with the uh, if we were nothing out, but I'm hoping that that's not this is not kinda like their hope with with Laverne nothing out that that's who they're resting their their hopes on to fill that spot immediately. I just think it's gonna they gotta see what they've got still. Yeah, and luckily, you know, Paul broke down the salary cap and everything earlier and they've got the MLE and the biannual exception to play with. So, you know, there's there's plenty of NBA yeah. talent out there that they can rely on to fill that gap, at least temporarily. So, moving on, we'll, you know, let's, let's look at former Austin Spurs. And I, I just want to talk about one guy in particular that 
we we interviewed him, we've watched him play, and we kind of were a little bit enamored with his game, and then he just disappeared off the map as Corey Jefferson. Yeah. So if people aren't familiar with Corey Jefferson, he went to Baylor, uh, was drafted by the Spurs. We need to mention that was drafted by the Spurs and then traded. <laughs> so there was obviously an interest there already. But he spent all of 16 and 17 with Austin, played 42 games, averaged 16 points, 8.4 rebounds. Then he left because Austin was terrible that year, didn't make the playoffs, so he left to go play in the Philippines, lost in the championship game on the last shot. And we kind of started talking about how Austin went on a run the moment he was gone. They won like eight straight, almost made the playoffs. It was kind of like Bad Luck Brian. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bad Luck Brian meme. No. No? <laughs> I kind of felt like that was Corey Jefferson that year. <laughs> and then, so, he averaged nearly 30 and 14 in the Philippines, but granted, he was probably the tallest person there. Yeah. Did uh, okay at Summer League last year, went to Italy, and ab- did absolutely nothing. To his credit, I will say Nick Johnson did the exact same thing, and then he became a Finals MVP the next yeah. year. So, we'll hold off on judging his year in Italy. He came back to the G League, played 10 games last year with the Texas Legends, only averaged 12.6 points and 5.4 rebounds. But here's the interesting thing. We thought, we talked about he needed to improve as an outside shooter. He shot 41% from three on over three attempts per game. Wow. So what, what do you think about Corey Jefferson coming back to Summer League? And do you think there's an opportunity in there where he could be maybe, okay, he's not the shooter Davis Bertans is. But if Bertans mentions that he wants to go overseas because he loves playing with his brother and all that stuff, is there a chance that he could even crack this roster? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to see him how he does here. But I feel like, you know, obviously there's going to be, there could be some need for uh, some small forwards, uh, some three four type guys like uh, like Bertans, and, and he's uh, restricted now. So if somebody overpays for him, then there might be a spot. But, I mean, I think Corey Jefferson would have to kind of prove a lot in the, the summer league games and hopefully get picked up again for Vegas. But he's always been that player where when I watched him in college, he's like an undersized big. And then once he got to the pros, it was like, okay, well, he's, he can be athletic, but he doesn't have the shot uh, to be outside to, or to be on the perimeter very much. So he was kind of a, a tweener. And so it was really hard, but he's worked on that quite a bit, it seems like. And that one year that we covered him, it seemed like he was starting to get everything together. And those numbers, like you just said, from three, I mean, those are impressive. So if that's something he can put on display consistently in Utah and then in Vegas, uh, you know, that we've seen players earn spots, Gary Mill, Jonathan Simmons, uh, before out of Summer League. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I feel like he's got the talent and he needs the opportunity, but, uh, you know, maybe all these years away and... and Playing a different different situations will make him ready. Uh, I'm still not sure. I wouldn't want to make a bet on it, but um, I feel like there might be an opportunity there. Yeah, definitely. And, and Bryn Forbes too. You know, San Antonio has a knack Bryn of Forbes. letting these guys get enough minutes in summer league where it's like, all right, we'll make camp on an unguaranteed contract and earn it from there. But you know, Corey Corey still has a long way to go. The the climb uphill for even getting a training camp invite especially he's 27, you know, at some point you are what you are. And he, he's got a long way to go, especially when, like how we talked about, there's me too in front of him, there's Brima in front of him, and there's plenty of NBA talent out there that can easily usurp a spot. Maybe he can earn a two-way contract, who knows, but... It, yeah, I, w- it, I wouldn't be the uh, opposed to that. 
Two yeah. would be nice. So. And, and someone else... So, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No. <laughs> no, no. I was just like, I, I felt like that was beneficial this year, uh, having two guys like uh, 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 Killer and uh, Pistello. And so yeah. I think yeah. that would help. And, and Hilliard, you know, was a guy that was a fringe NBA player. It seemed like there was no interest in him. The Spurs picked him up, and then they picked up Costello, who didn't have any NBA experience. So they couldn't go any way with those roster spots and maybe salvage a career. Because look at Darren Hilliard now. Like, he's... Restricted, and even if he signs another two-way, he's still already put the time in in the organization. The organization values him enough to keep him around like that. So that's that's a good sign. Uh, the other guy I wanted to touch on, he didn't play for the Austin Spurs, but he's been here before, is London Perantis. Uh He was in Summer League last year and was a training camp invite before he got cut. And funny thing is when, when you see guys, I, I don't know how you, how you feel about this, but when I see someone at the Spurs cut and another organization that's a contender like a playoff contender picks him up you kind of wonder what does he have granted cleveland isn't good at it it seems that talent development outside of you know lebron james (laughs) they've never really been like the ultimate like talent developers but he did sign a two-way with cleveland and played a lot of time with the canton charge uh averaged about 12 points per game and about eight assists but he doesn't shoot well from three do you expect anything out of him? I, I feel like the Spurs just are bringing him back because at the same time, you have to fill the roster too. Honestly, when I saw this, that's what I thought. I thought roster filler because uh, he didn't get any time, he did, uh, very little time in Cleveland. And then in, in his time uh, with the charge, I mean, I think in order to make a difference and make yourself seen, there's, there's so many players out there that are averaging 20, 12 points uh, a game in the G League. You really have to like, stand out for anybody to take a chance on you and he's you know two one ninety guard. Um and so I feel like he's gonna be Ross Fillon and they're just gonna put them in the him in there to push some of the other guys around, maybe push Derek White around and give him some good competition and practice. But I don't see where he's gonna really I, I don't know any other opportunities aside from maybe he showcases his skills and another team signs to a two way. Or, you know, get signed uh, overseas, somewhere like that. Yeah, I I will say that people may underestimate Summer League and may just see it as, hey, this is player development for a handful of teams that with really high draft picks and that this is just like a bridge to training camp and to fall basketball. But these teams do take winning seriously. And we've seen San Antonio do that, especially with how they develop coaches in there, too. There's, There's... Easily a chance that London Perantis being on the roster could be a familiar face for Will Hardy to get accustomed to, that he's already coached him before and he knows what he can offer and bring to the table because these teams do try to win. There is a little bit of an incentive to that, especially when winning equals playing more games equals more time to get showcased in these games and more publicity, you know? So now let's go to current Austin Spurs. Give me two or three guys that you see on this roster that – you're looking to either be a camp invite or maybe a two-way candidate. Is there anyone that you're particularly looking for to just say where where he's come in terms of development and where could he go from there? Yeah, I mean, the top two on, on the roster, I think, um, John Blossom and, and I mean, uh, Brema, I feel like those two are kind of on the cuff, and, and I think we saw last game where he didn't get that two-way, but he ended up staying with the Austin Spurs and, and played really well and I feel like he showed the front office something and so I think he'll have this opportunity again to do that in the summer league and this will be his opportunity I would be surprised if he doesn't get the two way 
or at least the two way after summer league. Um, and Burma just seems like he's, you know, he's kind of everything you wanted at center. I mean, seven foot, two thirty, block shots like crazy. Um, he's he's that guy down low that rooms have to they could use, and it may take it may not be something that's um, or a player that's. I don't think ready right away, but it's somebody that I think you want to continue developing, and you probably want to keep his rights in some way. I, I'm a big fan of um, Hanley, but I'm not sure I would you know get, give him a spot over the other two, especially because there's already so many guards already. And, and, and if Nick Johnson was on the roster, I'd say Nick Johnson over Hanley. Yeah, as big well. time. Yeah. Uh, I kind of went the same route. The only, I, I think the other two that I think Spurs fans should get kind of familiar with, I would say Jordan Green is one. Because I, I've never heard anyone talk of Jordan Green more than Coach Ahern. And he, he swears up and down that that's the best defender in the G League. And I feel like if he could improve his shot, he would be a, a really great 3 and D guy. You know, he's only a 30% shooter from three, but obviously, you know, you're in the Spurs system. You get enough time with Chip. And he was a big performer in the clutch. You, we saw, like, when the Spurs needed stops going down into the season and going through the playoffs, Jordan Green was relied on a whole lot. And he's still only 25. Granted, he's only 6'5", also. But, you know, Danny Green came up the same way. Danny Green developed late in his career. And th- these guys are just, you know, some <laughs> some are just quicker than others. And some of them finally carve out their niche. They get into a good system, and they earn their way into the NBA somehow. So I feel like he's one to watch depending on what role they use him in, especially if they put him in at, at, at a three, because I, I can't really count too many threes on, on Oster, San Antonio's roster. <laughs> there we go again. Outside of maybe Blossom game, but I feel like Blossom game projects more as a, a stretch four yeah. at the NBA level if he can start knocking down shots. Um, Brima, yeah, of course, if he can defend without fouling, if he can do anything without fouling, period, I'd love to see him crack the roster. He he has all the shot blocking. He has the same physical intangibles that um, Metu has. You know, it's just one of those things that he, he needs to develop. You know, being able to defend in his space, verticality, all that stuff, all those little intangibles that you need on defense. It, but he's overly aggressive. And it reminds me of DeJounte Murray, too. Like, they were overly aggressive and you know, they eventually ironed that out. The other guy, I had I had Olivia Hamlin just because of where we're going as a roster in San Antonio in terms of if you trade Kawhi and you can try to convince someone to take on Powell's contract, you no longer, we talked before the draft, you know you have that 18th pick to dangle out there to, as an incentive to take on Powell's contract. Maybe they dangle, uh, God forbid, I don't want this to happen because I love his game, but maybe you dingle Derek White out there as, hey, first-round talent, we've developed him really well. We've got Olivier Hamlin out there who's 25, 6'5", another combo guard that can shoot and can pass the ball really well, and he's got enough defense inside of him where you think, okay, cool. You know, he, he's serviceable. He's not the volume scorer I think Derek White's going to be, but I, I still feel like, you know, the Spurs didn't trade Boris Diaw for nothing. They got a good asset yeah. there, and the fact that they brought him over and let him play in Austin shows that they do feel there is something there. Yeah, it's definitely fun to watch. Um, I, I like I like this game a lot. So, uh, and then I I love Jeff Ledbetter. That's <laughs> <laughs> I probably I mean, he's, he's getting up there already. And yeah, and he's, he's, you know he's made a nice career for himself in, in the time he's been in the league, and he's done 
some good things, uh, especially in the finals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's another one of those. Unfortunately, kind of a camp filler. They're gonna see much out of him, but it'll give him, you know, another chance to play with some of these players. And you know, I'm sure he'll be back in Austin uh, next season. But hey, you know, I don't mind seeing him back in Austin. First of all, and secondly. I mean, the Lakers brought up Andre Ingram. Granted, that team had nothing to play for, but Andre Ingram went out there and balled out for a game and a half. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Ledberger can go do the same thing for, you know, some team that's a fringe lottery squad and just put up 20 points in 20 minutes real quick. Just blow it out of the gym and say, hey, I did it one game. The hell with it. I don't care. <laughs> yep. Take it. So, granted, since Summer League is split up, there are names that are missing off of uh, San Antonio's roster for Las Vegas. Is there anyone you would like to see them add in terms of someone they have rights to, or maybe just in general that we may not be familiar with? I mean, obviously the one, but he's playing right now with the, <clears throat> with the United States is uh, Nick Johnson. I just saw him the other day. That he just lost to Mexico. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, love to have him, but, you know, he, he's obviously not going to pass up that opportunity. So may, I'm hoping that maybe by the time uh, Vegas comes around, I'm not sure if his... Uh, you know, if he'll be free by then, uh, because I feel like he's right there and he had a great uh, playoffs. And you know, I I, I want to see him get a chance because it's like you said. I mean, the the change he made in you know a year was just awesome to see. And so I'd like to see him you know kind of get that chance out there in, in Vegas. Yeah, I I would kill to see Nick Johnson with this team because I feel like he with with a decent performance he would be easy to make the, at least the training camp roster. Um, obviously who I would want to see, because I've talked him up on Twitter, and then apparently he's gone ghost. The Spurs didn't offer him yeah. a, a restricted free agency or anything. He's not on the roster as Matt Costello. I went through his Twitter. I went through his Instagram. I have no idea where this dude is. He's not updating anything. He's not posting anything. My assumption for my own sanity to make sure that he's okay is that the Spurs signed him to a two-year two-way and not a one-year like Hilliard. Yeah. But outside of that, I have no idea what is going on with this man. And outside of that, another guy that was drafted in the second round that had all the big intangible rim protector stuff is Caddy Lalane, who I also have not heard of in a while. He, mm -hmm. I know he played in Puerto Rico for a little bit, but it didn't do well. So that's that maybe, you know, he was a good project and he had a great story behind him. Yeah. If anyone wants to read that feature, that, uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name. I want to say Lauren Chan did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. An amazing feature on Caddy Lillane. It'll make you appreciate him and make him, you want him to succeed really badly, but it, it doesn't look like it's in the cards for him right now. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that was a guy I, a lot of people have been asking about lately, too. I've seen on Twitter where people are asking, like, what about Caddy Lillane? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't really know. And I'm, I'm kind of as dumbfounded as you are as far as the Costello thing, because at first, when he first got signed, I was like, yeah, who is this guy? I've never heard of this guy before. And, okay, we'll see what he does. And he started, he had that one crazy game with all the block shots. And I was like, okay, now I, yeah. know, who is. <laughs> now I know who he is. So, yeah, I'm hoping that they still have another year on that contract. But the trouble is with a lot of these uh, two-way contracts, there's not a lot of information on them. Uh, freely available, like there is with everybody all the other NBA contracts. We can't even get a list of how many days they've been in the NBA, and apparently every day that they're in the San Antonio counts. So, yeah. who knows? You can float the rules really easily. Uh, it'd be interesting if we see um, uh, somebody start and he ends up being on somebody else's roster, then we'd really know. But, uh, yeah, that'd be a guy I'd like to see back. 
Yeah, big time. Sidebrush cotton back to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did kind of like, we, we copied a little bit of the Spurs cast thing and just wanted questions from Twitter followers, whoever wanted to chime in and maybe get some kind of insight to this team. So our first Twitter question comes from Jacob Hernandez at Jacob H underscore 210. He wants to hear about Blossom Games improvement in the G League. <laughs> and my favorite part is, where it is, we may need some extra help at the three pretty soon. So expand on that. I know we've already talked about it, but expand on Jerron Blossom Game a little bit. Tell me what you think. I, I think what I've been most impressed with in him is, is you know, I, I, don't, I don't like breaking down the numbers on him too much. It's just seeing him out there and his feel for the game has improved. But not only that, but his... It seems like he has like a willingness to take over, and I feel like with a, a player at that position, um, that's kind of a big thing. A lot of times we'll see. Uh, I, I saw this like I said I was just talking about the USA Mexico game today, where a team was down, and they just kept passing the box. Nobody wanted to take over, and it, and that's one of the things I've seen from him. Is he's not afraid to to take the shots, and he's not afraid to. And, and I feel like he's he's got a little bit of versatility now in his game than he did before he, um, you know, before he was drafted. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more from him now, and <clears throat> some athleticism, which I really like, and I think Spurs fans would love. Uh, so definitely pay attention to him uh, when summer league in, in Utah starts. That's uh, that's Monday. Already. Yeah. So make yeah. sure to keep your eyes on him. I think he'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I, I've made I made a bad comparison before on the Spurs cast where I compared him to Kyle Anderson, but it's only because I feel like they have a little bit of a similar kind of skill set in terms of. Can't really shoot, but very athletic. Even though Kyle has his nickname Slow-Mo, and he always looks like he needs more tricks in his bag to get to the basket and to get the shots that he wants, Jerron Blossom game is just sheer force. Yeah. And what, what I love about Jerron following him on Instagram and Twitter for so long is that he's constantly in the gym. He's constantly improving. Yeah. And he even had uh, on his Instagram story the other day of him watching film of himself at Summer League last year. So you already know the Spurs coaches are in his ear improve on this this and this because granted even though he doesn't have much of an outside shot and he's not an elite level passer he does have a chance to crack this roster because of a you know losing joffrey laverne because of the, the just the basic need of athleticism on this team i mean that's not stated enough that even if manu doesn't return this team still has tony parker at some you know i, I seriously doubt he's going anywhere else at, at some point, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a legacy contract or if it's going to be at the vet minimum. I seriously have my doubts that Tony Parker is going to go anywhere else, which bothers me because it hinders the development of these younger guys, yeah. even though they can go develop in Austin. I would like them to have NBA minutes during the regular season. So yeah. <clears throat> Everybody wants to see Derek White more a lot this season. And, and so... Yeah, yeah I, I don't mean, blame him. I, we were hesitant against that at first because it's like, hey, calm down. This guy was a yeah, first-round pick. minutes would be know? nice. Just, just yeah. some consistent minutes. I, I agree with that. I, 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 don't, I don't think we should start calling him the best point guard on the roster like some people were calling him. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm all for some consistent, consistent minutes. And when he did play in the playoffs and get in there a little bit, he was starting to make things happen. This was after he went on the championship run with, the, with Austin. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel like with Parker – it does kind of hinder, and it's one of those things where I'm wondering if he's going to be willing to take an even lesser role now just so we can start seeing. I mean, it, it, it's a transition period in San Antonio, and you kind of have to start developing those guys, and the only way, like we saw with DeJounte, the reason he developed so well is he was given those minutes in the playoffs last year uh, when Kawhi was injured and when Tony was injured, yep. and then 
uh, Pop gave him the, you know, the the keys to the basically to the car and, and told him to run with it, and that's why he's been able to develop and we've seen so much out of him, and I think we'll see even more. So they've got to have those opportunities, not just in practices, but also in real game situations. Yeah, and I, I already cringe at the thought of Tony Parker coming, especially with Patty Mills there too. That's someone that the Spurs put a lot of time into developing, and he earned it and earned it with a good contract. That I just, it, it's going to bother me seeing Tony like missing jumpers because he doesn't have enough lift on his legs yeah. at, at his age, and because he might be tired. And it's, I just think like, hey, that they could have gone to Derek White. Like he's, you know, Derek White. We've seen him be a volume shooter, and if he's going to struggle, then all right, you can put him in Austin for a couple games, but his summer league performance is going to be huge because if, if he does well enough, they're going to obviously not play him in Vegas. We, we saw that with Kyle Anderson. We saw that with Jonathan Simmons. The Spurs are going to say, okay, no, we've seen enough. You need to come over here, don't risk injury, and just work out. So I, I'd like to see how long he lasts in summer league, honestly. If he gets, if he gets the run that I think he will, I, I don't think we'll see him the entirety of summer. Uh, our second question, we're very familiar with him, comes from Greco Suave. He asked, we talk about the uh, talk about the MIA Miami Heat, I'm assuming, proposed trade for Kawhi Leonard. I need more Lonnie Walker video, too. I'm not familiar with the trade <laughs> he's not. referencing. I, I will tell you either. this. If the Heat pay Pat Riley, if you're listening, on the off chance you are, I want Justice Winslow, and I want Bam Adebayo, yes. and every single draft pick that you have for the next decade. And, and that's just the starting point. Can throw that in, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there, there's, there, I'd, I'd love Bam Adebayo and I'd love Justice Winslow, yep. but I don't want to take on Kelly Olenek's contract. I don't want, and eh, I don't want Goran Dragic's contract. And you know, you know me, I'm a huge Levitard show fan, and hearing them talk about the Heat and how Miami was an outside chance of LeBron, and it's like, okay, that's great, but who the hell wants any of those guys? Even Hassan Whiteside, like they were thinking, well, maybe if LeBron comes to Miami, trade Hassan Whiteside to OKC. Get Carmelo's contract and just throw the banana boat out there already. But no, oh, Miami doesn't have any of the assets I want for Kawhi. It's not happening. No, I don't think so either. I mean, they'd have to be willing to give up quite a bit to make that happen. Uh, and I've never heard anything about that at all. So I, I can't really go into any kind of detail about that. <laughs> and, and just for those paying attention out there, if Kawhi does get traded to the Lakers, I already created a Brandon Ingram Photoshop that we can all just hold ourselves over with until yes. media day. <laughs> So, oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> he said something about needing more uh, Lonnie Walker video. Our our guy, uh, Gareth, is going to be out there for covering Summer League for us, and so we'll make sure to get plenty of video. We'll ask him to get plenty yes. of video of uh, Lonnie Walker for you. Oh, man, I, I'm making sure I take those days off, too. Like, I, I'm not going to resist watching him. I, I need all the Lonnie Walker I can get, especially with the hair. I hate when people compare him to Alfred Payton because I, I feel like his ceiling's a, a lot higher right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need that comparison in my life just because of his hair. So our third question comes from uh, Jason Hefner at Jason K. Hefner 1. Lonnie Walker is listed as 18 on the roster. Can you confirm that'll be his number during the regular season? So this isn't uni watch, but I do feel like I went through, I went back to 2013 looking at summer league rosters and the numbers players picked. And I feel like here's a blast from the past. Deshaun Thomas was one that changed his number. But it seems like everyone else kind of stayed in line with whatever number they had in summer league will be their roster number. Uh, Lonnie obviously likes four. Derek White took four because he couldn't have twenty one because twenty one's retired. Yada yada yada. I don't. I think it's safe to buy a Lonnie Walker eighteen jerk, not a jersey. Get the jerk. Yeah. 
Go, yeah. <laughs> you can't get that one sent back after, after you make that custom one. That's it. So. Yeah, and you'd have to like start using masking tape or all kinds of stuff to try to like rig it properly. And who knows if he's going to go by just Walker or Walker the Fourth, like it's on his locker. Yeah. Like we'll we'll see all that when the time comes. Plus, it doesn't just, matter anyway. Just kill the eighteen and put the IV real big on on the back and then put <laughs> Walker on the. <laughs> Well, hey, I know people were joking about the Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I've, I've wanted to do the joke of Kawhi Leonard, he who shall not be named, and make this a Kawhi-free podcast, Kawhi-free zone, but it, it's irresistible. The whole thing of people talking about should they retire Kawhi's number. Hell, they retired Bruce Bowens. No offense to Bruce. Just put Kawhi's number up there. And what, if we get to the point where the Spurs are like the Yankees in terms of jersey retirement, then I'm all for Roman numerals. I'm all for triple digits, whatever they have to do. Like just retire Kawhi's number. We'll we'll be over it in five years, especially if they get a good haul. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially if they get some good, uh, something of value back. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> he was responsible. Well, he was not not really responsible, but I think he ought to give him credit for that um, last championship. So, yeah, as long as those statues are being built, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> So our our last question, fittingly, comes from our friend Gareth Gibbons at Spurs in the Six. <laughs> How sad are you about not having Nick Johnson on the roster while he competes with Team USA? I, I, I'll let you start on this one. Uh, all kinds of sad. I, I, I think I've already expressed it already. I'm glad to see him out there, you know, getting a chance and, and working with the event and being the, the team out there and I, I think getting a little bit of exposure as well. Uh, he looked a little lost the last game, unfortunately, but I, I, he, he was, like, pretty new to the team, I think. I think he just got yeah, recently. Yeah, it was like so, a week. Yeah, yeah, so he'll he'll find his way, and I, I like that he's getting, he's getting that opportunity, and I think he'll still possibly have, I think there's only a few games that are depending on the qualifiers, so I think he'll still have an opportunity. I mean, Vegas is long, so yeah. you can see him being a late addition uh, there, too. So I'm hoping that'll happen, but if not, good for him. Yeah, de- I'm I'm definitely bummed about it, but I I just feel like when Lonnie Walker fell as far as he did, it was like okay, well, here here's another guy that should have been a lottery pick that the Spurs are going to be praised for for the next two to three years as long as he's on a rookie contract and healthy, and all because of the inability of other teams to develop and to see talent. I don't know what it is that you know. I, I was looking at mock drafts of Derek White going you know, as high as, like, 15 last year. And it's like, okay, so here we have DeJounte Murray, who's supposed to be a lottery pick, fall all the way to, what, 29? Derek White fall that far, and now Lonnie Walker fall to 18 over guys that we had that we were like, okay, well, Dante DiVincenzo should have been a little bit of a reach because he was, like, 20, 21 range. Yeah. And then he goes to the pick before Lonnie Walker. So it's like, okay, well, I I worry about where, where he fits in on this roster, especially if you bring back Tony. He has no space, but he's obviously going to be a legend in Austin. He's always going to be loved, especially that Duncan game two of the G League finals. I'll, I'll replay that until the day I die. I want that played at my funeral. <laughs> that was so amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that he comes back for Vegas. I don't know what the schedule is for the qualifiers, but he barely got named to Team USA the week before when they were practicing already at the University of Houston with Jeff Van Gundy and Pop showed up. So obviously there's they think enough of him to let him go over there and develop because developing with Team USA and with under JVG is on par. I mean, that that supersedes to me, supersedes playing in Summer League. If, if you get a chance to go represent your country, even qualifying rounds, that's 
blows everything out of the water because you know he's going to be in there in a practice team when the actual 2020 roster goes and plays because they will value him that much. That was just my two cents. So I don't know if we missed anything. I don't know if we maybe we just like let our heart wore our heart on our sleeve and expressed love for all these guys that we may not see in San Antonio this year. But if there's do you have anything you want to add? No, I'm just now I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, a bunch of these guys play. I mean, the one guy you you had mentioned was Jordan Green. I totally forgotten when I saw his name. It didn't come at me like right away, but I was just like, "That's right." I remember him, you know, making an impact uh, later on in the season and things like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, and what he'll provide. And you know, some of these other guys, I want to see what they what they can do. I mean, Drew, I, they picked up a few guys that had Drew Rebanks that didn't get drafted, um, so we'll see where he goes. I mean, those, uh, then Chris Jenkins. I feel like that's the guy that everybody's kind of rooting for that'll make it to the league because. Especially after that, um, you know, he was the hero of that Villanova 2016 title run. Um, and so we'll see him over there. It's going to be interesting to see how they manage all the minutes because there's definitely a lot of players, uh, you know, that are going to be competing for the minutes. But I'm, I'm, I'm always, this is like one, usually one of my favorite times is, is summer league is just being able to see the guys that we already cover in Austin, but then also being able to kind of scout some new players and some new guys that we haven't seen before. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, you know, everything still relies on this Kawhi situation. I wanted to write up an article, and I'd probably still do it at some point, you know, teaser here, the rebuilding myth in San Antonio. A lot of I don't know how many times I've had to dispel that San Antonio is rebuilding. Even, even if you trade Kawhi for, you know, like 50 cents on the dollar, this team won 47 games with... Kyle Anderson as your main starting small forward, and I feel like anyone that they can get with remote upside in a Kawhi deal would help this team win 50 games. The problem with trying to predict who in summer league is going to make an impact is we're doing this literally now, two and a half hours before free agency. The Spurs yeah. can bring back Rudy Gay. The Spurs could you know go sign someone decent with the MLE, and there's still cap space. There's even more cap space to come next season. You know, a lot of the a lot of the reason why like Danny Green opted in is because these teams are capped out right now because they just went ham a couple years ago and now they're paying the price until next summer. So this could all be moot, like it, honestly. But my whole thing with with San Antonio and with the Spurs that I try to stress is this team went out there last year. They drafted Derek White, they drafted Jerron Blossom game, and then picked two other individuals to get two way contracts and a whole cast of undrafted free agents threw them in the system, ran them through Summer League, ran them through Austin, and they won a championship in the G League. And I feel like San Antonio is going to do that again. Whether they take, whether Jerron Blossom game takes advantage of a roster spot or he's developed to that point, the Spurs do a great job of maximizing their talent pool. And that's what makes you know these conversations so fun and gets us so excited about Summer League. But at the end of the day, there's so many other players in the NBA talent pool that you know the scouting department in San Antonio has already picked up highlights for and just gone you know heavy over so this is my obviously temper expectations I have to tell that myself sometimes so <laughs> but anyway Mike thank you so much for joining me no news broke while we were here that's amazing my phone's wow. going crazy thank you. My, thank my, you. my only notification I care about that I see is the Packers hope to extend Aaron Rodgers but I'm kind of off football right now so don't really care yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's thank you so, yeah yeah <laughs> an easy, uh, easy decision to make yeah and then I, I turned around and the Yankees are getting pummeled behind me so there's no worries I'm not 
I'm not stressed about anything except free agency right now. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for indulging in all my G League fantasies. And hopefully we'll do this again more regularly, especially through the season, and do something more soon. Once again, a big thank you to Michael DeLeon for joining me for this second episode of the Spurs on Six podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at MDeLeon. Also, be sure to follow our websites and our network accounts on Twitter at Project Spurs Net, at Project Spurs, at Spurs on Six. We've got so much more coverage coming up with free agency and any potential trades going on and summer league. If you're more of the Facebook type instead of Twitter, we are on Facebook as well. All the network pages are under the same exact name, so they're easy to find. Be sure to like our pages. Or if you're on Instagram, at Project Spurs Net, you can give us a follow on there. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for tuning in and for listening. My name is John Diaz, and I am signing off. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.